That's why you are a lawyer today. And good morning from All Things SR Podcast. How's everybody this morning? I'm doing just fine. How are you, Tam? I am doing lovely. I'm doing lovely. I had an interesting week. I actually oh, do had, tell, do tell. I actually saw a play with Shakespeare, Elvis, and a cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a setup for a joke. Yeah, How was the play? Saw. The play was actually pretty good. It was Twelfth Night that they and it's a bunch of um, teenage amateurs yeah, who I could not believe learned all the dialogue. I have uh -huh. enough trouble reading the dialogue when I was in high school, let alone having to to uh, <laughs> having to. Uh, learn it and memorize it and, and to be able to go through it as well as they did. And, and then, of course, we broke into Hound Dog and Shook Up and uh, <laughs> another Elvis tune along the way. So it was, it, it, it was interesting. And yes, Betty, Allison was in this chapter, so I figured it would be fun to have Allison play. I could not wait to see your reaction, Betty. When Pam said, oh, we're going to start this with Elvis Costello's Allison, I was like, I cannot wait to see Betty's reaction. <laughs> and as always, dear Betty, you never disappoint. That is true. Never, is true. ever, ever. And I see Ellie is up. God bless you being up at 6 a.m. to listen to us and participate in the chat. Uh, how are things in California? Yeah, and I purposely stayed in bed at 6 o'clock this morning because I did not want to, I did not want to move. <laughs> <laughs> and I woke up early because I had a wonderful, wonderful chance to visit with uh, one of my former interns. Yeah who currently lives in New York City, actually. She just moved to the Bronx, uh, the Riverdale area of the Bronx, Betty. So you probably know right where that is. Um, and she was in town on her way to visit friends in Ohio. So I woke up early to meet her and her beautiful daughter, um, who I never had a chance to meet because of COVID. Um, we met at this wonderful coffee shop in the Harrisburg area. I'm going to actually put the uh, the link in the chat box. If you're ever in this part of the country, Cornerstone Coffee House mm -hmm. is one of the best around. I'm sitting cool. out on the deck 
overlooking the main street of sweet little Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, which is right across the river from Harrisburg, the state capital. Um, who, by the way, uh, one of my, the, the girl that I went to my very first rock concert with moved there sophomore year in high school. Really? So, yeah. Very good. Yes. Now, if I could remember her name, that would be nice, but I don't. <laughs> After all, it was a little while ago. It was and a few years Kenzie ago. And as would tell me, yeah, as Kenzie would tell me, when you get old, you start forgetting things. So. <laughs> I always say you give birth, you lose brain cells, so that's my excuse. Well, you know, all I, I, my excuse is to put on 90 Day Fiance, whatever variation of it, and, and you'll definitely lose a few. And... Uh, <laughs> Ashley, now the play the play was just a one night thing. Um, I don't know what they're going to be doing next or when it will be. It's uh, a high school. It's it's just an amateur high school club. They do a lot of different things around the area, but it was just that one night. So very cool. Anyhow. And I see that Ellie said it's okay over here. Very long, busy week, month, year, decade. You know, um, yes, we do. And Anna does as well because she notes that. She's getting ready for the post-graduation Congratulations 91 brunch, which is just wonderful. I feel, That's I love awesome. that you, you share this, um, you guys all kind of share parts of your life with us because I feel like we're celebrating um, his achievements with you, Anna, and I'm really, really happy uh, for him and for you. That's just great. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yes. Uh, just really phenomenal and sorry for the background noise uh, there were some people moving a table i don't know if you've heard that or not um I did a little bit a little bit yeah so shell's saying she's gonna try to do nothing except laundry and reading this weekend you know you're probably the third or fourth person i've talked to and she said maybe watch true blood um that really is just looking for this to be some chill time I've had a couple people say, I'm just reading, I have some good books, and I'm going to devote my weekend to just relaxing and reading, and I love it. It's time to rejuvenate. Um, mm -hmm. Shell's saying it's 66 degrees in Vegas, and that's the coldest it's been all week at this time. Wow. Mm. And Ellie's saying, busy like at work, 66, Maya's graduation's but... Wednesday, May 31st. So she's been practicing for that. Clovis puts on a very formatted show, and their gowns spell out the year 2023. She did it back cool. in 1991 as well. Very, very cool. Congratulations to her cool. as well, Ellie. And she's trying to get Xander through his freshman year. <laughs> Happy <laughs> Memorial Weekend uh, to everybody. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we, as it is Memorial Day weekend here in the United States, let's not forget that the, without those who went before us as a, and were lost in the military, um, we would not be able to do the beach, the lake, the barbecues, the mountains, <laughs> the beautiful sunshine in the freedoms that we have today. So, exactly. And I actually... I actually looked up on history.com Memorial Day uh, talks a little bit about the holiday um, 
It originally was known as Decoration Day. Um, it originated in the years following the United States Civil War, and it became an official federal holiday in 1971. Um, part of the tradition is it? visiting cemeteries or memorials and holding family gatherings and participating in parades. And here in the States, yes. it unofficially, um, it marks the unofficial start of the summer season. So I'll, um, I'll put this link in there for you, especially those who are not in the States, if you're curious about uh, Yeah, I mean, for us, Memorial it was always sweet. My, my dad's brother was killed in World War II, and so it was always a very special day. And it was it, Memorial Day growing up. It wasn't, I think, until 1971 when it became a Monday holiday. It was whatever day that it fell on during the week. And, but we would go over to my grandparents' house, and the, yeah. they had a parade, and my grandmother was always picked up by the Gold Star Mothers. Mm. And they would all wind their way through the parade route and then down to the memorial where the roll call was made and, you know, made her cry, and she didn't, we'd all go back home. But it's uh, a little bit different now. Yeah. yeah. It is. Anyway. Um, Elena uh, says it's 68 degrees here in Maine this morning. Beautiful, sunny day. We're supposed to hit 80 today and possibly 90 degrees tomorrow. My kind of weather. I wish you were all here and could smell my pink lilacs uh, that are scenting up my house this morning from the windows. Uh, for our veterans, never forget, she said. So I find it interesting it's colder in Las Vegas than it is in Maine um, mm -hmm. <laughs> right now. And, um, you, and you know the different growing zones in the country because our lilacs are done. They were, they were done uh, probably about two weeks ago. So. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway. Such a beautiful sign of spring. Anna's noting she might do some yard work while listening to the audio, but she'll see. <laughs> she doesn't really... Uh, care much about the lawn. Um, I'm in a public venue, so I am uh, monitoring my language, just to let you all know. Mm -hmm. uh, so. <laughs> she could say, she said, I'd happily start a brown dress trend. <laughs> <laughs> Anna, you're cracking me up. Uh, and the, uh, too bad, my and Xander are gonna be playing together one last time for their school band. Oh, nice. I know. There are a lot of milestones. And she knows <laughs> they're going to visit their grandpa's and uncle's graves this weekend as they've all passed away and served in the military. None died in service. But it's a day to go sprinkle some sunflower seeds and honor them. That's a lovely Absolutely. tribute, Ellie. Absolutely. That's really beautiful. So we have a lot of news from our our fans who shared in the chat, mm -hmm. which is great. And uh, I think we need to talk about the SR news. We do. Uh, in terms of news, he says, I've seen part two of Gabriel's Redemption. It's very intense. Julia and Melanie give excellent performances, and I think readers will really enjoy it. It's slated for release later this year, but he doesn't have an exact date yet. I cannot uh, he believe knows. he's seen the cut already for part two. Yeah, well, I think he, he did. We, there was a chat last week with Brenda's group, the yep. um, Passion Book Club, 
And uh, he meant, so somebody asked, and he says, no, I haven't seen anything yet. And then all of a sudden, oh, something came into my email. I know. But he I hadn't know. seen it at that point. So um, so that's, that'll be exciting. Uh, we know that the readers uh, are eager for the red carpet of part one in the beginning of June, and then the subsequent release on June 22nd of part one. Mm -hmm. Yes, Ashley saying so jealous, and Betty says, lucky boss, this must be exciting for him. So true, so true. Yeah, I think, I think it's a kind of a bittersweet for him because, you know, he's very, very excited. He loved working with Passion Flicks on these projects. And I think that, you know, it's coming to the end and he's, I, I think he's happy and, and sad at the same time because, you know, he did enjoy the work with that. Absolutely. Um, also, also on SR's website, he posted an outtake from Gabriel's Promise into a response from the Passion Squad book club on Facebook. They're reading and discussing Gabriel's Promise right now. I think they ended it last night. And he is also continuing to write. I'm loving that. That's a good thing. And as Betty's saying, uh, the end of the end, what an unforgettable experience. Shell's saying, so excited for the whole movie. And Betty says, but I still want to see a Willy movie. <laughs> A really movie would be a lot of fun. Uh, I think that's going to be a uh, a major uh, underdoing for Passion because okay. mm -hmm. it's probably going to have to be a lot of CGI and stuff like that. This is true. This is true. Yep, so Ashley said, yep, we finished happens. Promise last night, she said. Betty says, I love the deleted scenes. It answered my question about how Rachel found out about Gabriel's vision with Grace. Yeah, that's yeah, one of the things that he does really well. Sometimes that gives you clues into uh, what was uh, kept in the book. You know, it, it kind of resolves some open questions. I don't know if everybody's read it or not, but it is a very interesting take on Rachel and everything that she's going through at the moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I definitely think, you, should, you know, it would be something fun to read. Or not fun, but something to read considering the fact that you've read Promise and, you know, it can help explain Rachel a little bit more than, than oh, yeah. what, you know, what we already know, so. Yeah, Ellie knows and, she's loving that SR is continuing to write and she's looking forward to the standalone novel and the Redemption movie releases. And Anna's saying, I hope Passion Flicks films promise, but I'd like The Man in the Black Suit over the quarantine series. And um, Betty notes, now the million dollar question for me, why did Elizabeth call Paul? And did he ever call her back? Dun, dun, dun. I'm sure he did. <laughs> I think so. I'm sure I think he so did. Too. I think I think SR may have noted to that in a con yeah. in one of the um, uh, conversations uh, he was on a while ago, mm -hmm. and I think we were asked. It was for maybe it was Paul's birthday or something. We we asked what he was doing. He says he said something with Elizabeth. So I'm sure he did call her back. <laughs> I'm can I I like to think so. 
you know, I'd like to think so. That yep. would be really special. It would be. It would be. Um, let's see. And that, that's basically the, the news of the world with SR. Which is not a bad way to end the day, end of the, end of the news. <laughs> the news is the news. And one awesome little tidbit of news from Ellie's world is that uh, they are preparing to take on a new puppy. Maya's friend has six Australian cattle dogs, shepherd mix puppies. And as their dog Jake is 14, we thought we should give the puppy Willow some time to learn from Jake and not Chan as our other dog is kind of an ass. <laughs> so congratulations on getting the new Congrats puppy. Congrats on that. And uh, Ashley wants to see a book about uh, Picton, Catherine Picton. And... Uh, and yes. uh, Anna could totally understand Rachel's feelings of being deserted by God. Well, and yeah, that's under, that's quite understandable, given that she was. Um, Ellie notes use the deleted use of the deleted scene was great. Poor Rachel, it's so hard grieving for her mom and for not being able to come to become one. She's angry and sad. Hopefully, fertility will finally work or that she sees fostering adoption as a great option to give a child a home. Absolutely. That would be, <laughs> Betty wants I think that would really insult restore. Gabriel. That's why she wants, <laughs> that's why she wants the movies. She wants to see <laughs> Willie give it to <laughs> And then Betty's asking sure how about knows. Snarky's book? Will he ever get to tell his story? <laughs> snarky, snarky must remain a mystery because that's what makes his snark so good. A hundred percent. Oh yes, yeah, so a shorty with the baby uh, with Picton babysitting Claire, and have and uh, Julianne and Gabriel do a big have vacation antics. That would be an interesting. That would be interesting. I could I could just imagine her trotting her into the Bodleian Library in Oxford. <laughs> As only Catherine Picton could. I, I, exactly, and, and probably pulling out one of the ancient, ancient books out of the stacks and, and saying, no, I want you to read this. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be great to yes. see them together. And yes. Good morning, Brenda. How are things in, no, in NOLA? She's saying, yes, SR came through with that deleted scene. And we've uh, just been talking about it a little bit, Brenda. Uh, Shell's saying, for me, I haven't been one to blame God for things, but I do empathize with Rachel and her feelings. So, so good. I, I totally get it. I totally yep. get it. And I think so. we should turn. Snarky is like Lemony Snicket, but hides his identity better. Said Ellie. Yes, he does. I think Snarky oh, yes, takes does. a page out of the SR playbook on that one. <laughs> My granddaughter loved that Lemony Snicket series, and I remember, I don't know whether she read it or not, but I know we did watch the series on whatever channel it came up on HBO mm -hmm. or Netflix or whatever. And I was like, this is kind of weird. Maybe it was maybe it was Neil Patrick's Harris portrayal. I just thought it was a weird story. <laughs> anyway. Well, it's uh, 
it really is a beloved book, though. People love that series. No, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't, I just didn't get into it again. Yeah. So. Catherine Declare, Shell says, take no cuts, swallow deer. And uh, Betty's saying, I picture Godmother picked in as Edna Mode and Claire as Jack Jack. <laughs> that's a great visualization Um, and Brenda's saying it's 86 and sunny in New Orleans this fine morning so 8.22 in the morning it's already in the 80s Mm -hmm. that's my kind of weather not quite there it is your kind of weather I know it's about without the humidity it's fine without the humidity it's fine it's the humidity that gets me (laughs) Ashley was thinking the same thing, Betty, she said. And Shell notes that snarky is all of us at some point. <laughs> I think you're right. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> a, a truly universal character. <laughs> Emphasis yep. on the character. So Absolutely. Shall we dig into the chapter, Absolutely. friends? We should. We should. As you know, uh we had just seen the confrontation between Paul and Gabriel. Not truly a true confrontation, but they were kind of flexing but the their start. prowess. Um, that's been kind of their dance they've done all along. You know, the unrequited love mm-hmm. of Paul and the mm-hmm. married and very happily married Gabriel. Um, Julia's blindness to Paul's uh, continued pining for her. Mm -hmm. Um, And as we enter chapter 12, we actually cut back to in time to January 2011 in Essex Junction, Vermont. Paul's at his family's farm. As he's going through to his house, he steps in a huge cow patty. He drops the X-bomb. Of course he does. But at best, he just gives him a look. And being one of his dad's prized Holsteins, he looks at her and says, Oh, Bessie, I mean fudge. So sorry. As he has to clean the excrement from his shirt. So he's in the midst of cleaning up the barn in the early mornings for his dad. And as he's doing this unpleasant task, he's contemplating the meaning of the universe, karma, and really examining what his life has become. In the midst of this, his thoughts drifted to her. Julia was going to marry the bastard. By this time tomorrow, it would all be over. And he just could not believe she was going to marry him after all the crap he put her through. The controlling, mm-hmm. dismissive behavior. She did not just take him back. She was actually marrying him. And, you know, in the chat... Poor Paul is struggling. He is. My poor Paul is struggling, Betty says. Betty also notes, I have mixed feelings about Allison. And Bessie's saying, watch your mouth, Morris. So we asked SR about 
the setting of this chapter um, and why did he select Essex Junction as the location of the farm. And SR says, I really like Vermont. It has charming vistas and interesting towns. It's beautiful all year round, but especially in fall when the leaves change color. Essex Junction isn't a very large place, but it's a beautiful one and there are many farms there. And I thought this would be a good spot for the Norris, the Norris farm. So. And they, I, yeah, I can see that because Vermont is, uh, is a beautiful place. Exactly. And all that New England area, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine. Um, and uh, it turns out that SR may be a bit of a peeper. <laughs> a leaf. The tourist love peeper. A leaf peeper. Fall foliage fan, mm -hmm. as I like to say. Um, and he he noted one of the reasons Chewy chose Vermont was because of there was a lot of uh, production in. Um, you know, milk, and um, I'm actually so. I mean, and, we, we uh, already knew that, but. right? And it also is the home of the uh, one of the one of the good ice cream, Ben and Jerry's mm -hmm. ice cream with a purpose. You know, maybe Bessie's milk has gone into that a few times. I'm sure. <laughs> Yes. Well, I I'll put the uh, town website in so you can kind of get a feel of what Essex Junction is like. Um, it definitely makes sense to me um, that he um, found a really bucolic setting for this. Elena notes, SR picked the perfect Vermont setting. Doesn't get any better for farmland than Essex Junction. Large pass patchworks of crops and many horse farms as well. Um, Betty notes that Bessie is a superstar in Vermont. And, you know, um, she said, I understand why Paul feels um, this way. You know, why the karma is coming back to him. She said, again, he only knows few details, so he's trying to figure out how to process Julia's decision. And uh, she notes that to me, Julia is the queen of miscommunication. And yes. Shell says, while you can't help who you love, you can help how you act and behave. She has no sympathy for Mr. Norris. Um, mm -hmm. And yes, Betty, I agree. Um, it does, Essex Junction does sound beautiful. I would also like to visit one day. Um, Anna Absolutely. says, I do agree that Julianne is miscommunication, queen to the hilt, as well as misleading regarding Paul. Ellie's saying, oh, poor Paul. I do feel for him, but I think he needs to get real. Yes, Julia did string him along a bit, giving him hope, but he is still hoping for impossible and needs to grieve the relationship that never was, not will be, with Julia. She was never really the woman for him, and I hope he finds her, be it looking back to Allison, forward to Elizabeth, or have it 
further looking out to someone, to someone else. else. I totally agree with that, Ellie. Absolutely. And Shell says, but why does Paul get to be so angry and need to process anything? He was never a partner to Julia. No, but if you, yeah, I think it, uh, having been in the same situation as Paul at one time, um, either, you know, you, you do hope and you do want to have a relationship with that person. And then, you know, you, you, you get through that. And the fact that it ends because they say, look, you know, you're really not for me. I, I like you, you're a friend, but you got to, you know, I have uh, whatever. It does hurt a little bit. You do have to grieve that. You have to uh, grieve the romance that wasn't there. Mm. Shell says Julia was wrong about stringing along, but there was only friend. She there was only friend zone. Um, I do feel that she was clearly stating that they were friends um, when she last saw him, when she was saying that he's changed in the, in her communication to him. Um, I think I think Paul's a little blinded by his feelings for her. And good morning, Floor. I'm glad you could join us today. We're chapter 13, 13. Um, and we are back in July of 2011 in Vermont, January 2011 in Vermont, Essex Junction to be exact. Um, so as Paul was musing uh, the workings of the universe, he was asking, why do the good guys always finish last? Why do the Emersons of the world always get what they want? Why? He gets the girl, and Paul was shoveling cow manure. Julia had told him he had changed, but he did not believe it. He just could not believe it. It doesn't happen in the course of six months, or, or does it? He had declined the invitation to the wedding. And he would not have been able to stand there and watch both of them saying vows, knowing that Gabriel then would take her back to the hotel. Dot, dot, dot. He was bereft with the thought that only a man who lost at love could be. But at least he had a lot of manure around him. His dad had a heart attack. Molly was recovering well. He had to take it easy with manual labor. So Paul was there to pick up the pieces. And I see like the chat is going crazy. Um, <laughs> Elena said, in his mind, Paul always hoped Julia would see him as a partner. But it's time to move on, Paul. I totally agree. Yep. She kissed him and held his hand in front of Gabriel, Betty noted. <laughs> I know. Uh, Anna says, I think Paul is torn internally. He wants her happiness with himself, not with Gabriel. Yes. Because he's crazy about the girl. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And, and Betty's noting that it was actually January 20th. Yes, the actual date. Right. Yes. Of the. In 2011. Yep. Shell notes, though, a lifetime has passed since then. And they say before Julia's wedding. Um, 
Betty said, I would not have attended the wedding either. Um, Michelle's saying he's making his own misery. Anna's saying it's none of Paul's business. Paul has been jealous of Gabriel from before Julian arrived in Toronto. That's so. a good point. That is a good mm -hmm. point because he, you know, they're not that far apart in age. I don't think Paul and, and Julia are. And, you know, he's, ex he's achieved this status as a uh, professor at the University of Toronto in Dante's studies, and Paul's working towards that. I think they are. I think they're, I think there's still a gap in their age. I mean, isn't Paul like yeah, a year or two Yeah, but it's not that big. Yeah, seven years though. Well, they're, they're in academia's at that juncture. That's true. It could be a lifetime. You know, as a student between a student and professor, yeah, it's, a, it's a big jump in academia. But and also, uh, Ellie's pointing out that uh, Virgil has a savior. Mm -hmm. He's like a Virgil, a savior guide complex, and now he can't rescue Julian because. He, he could also be distracting himself with Sandra's family. So it this is true. And then, what about, and then what about Gabriel? He has an attitude towards Paul since the beginning, too. But his attitude was because Paul was coveting something that Gabriel felt was his. Yeah, but I think the attitude may have started a little before that. You think? I think so. Maybe he recognized something in Paul that he didn't have. And Gabriel might have been jealous. Gabriel could have been jealous of Paul's goodness. That's true. Yeah, his goodness. And, you know, so that, that could be possible. Yeah. Shell said to only want someone's happiness in their terms only. She's putting it out there. Um, Anna says, I think it was cool of Julianne to invite Paul to this wedding. I don't Let's think talk. Uh, Julianne had the emotional security at that point. I think she was, it was her blindness. She's still, she's viewing him solely yeah. as a friend. As a friend. Um, and I think, I, I, I think it would have been really hard for Paul I, I couldn't. I, I I never could have seen him attending this wedding. No. Shell's noting that Paul was an eavesdropping gossip, sharing personal information. Um, and Betty said, but Julia wasn't at his at the beginning either. So Gabriel acting up when Paul was unprofessional. I agree, but I think there was something inherently um, unconscious. You know, it, it almost like. He had this unconscious, you know, that's why he was so affected by her in his class. On some level, he knew that they yeah, had that connection before, but it wasn't. Right. And he wasn't aware of it yet when they first yeah, got together but in Toronto. It, it definitely was unprofessional. I agree. 100% Betty. Mm -hmm. um, and then Paul's dad and mom needed him more than Julia. Mm -hmm. Ellie's noting Paul and Gabriel were both jealous and verbose with each other because of Julia. Paul is all willing to forgive and believe Julia, but will not grant Gabriel the same. And Gabriel still fears he's not good enough for Julia and that Paul would have been a better choice. That is a very good Julian, uh, nervous. Yeah, 
was instead of reverse. Um, Julian is naive to a fault piano notes. And well, I think Julian is still very emotionally immature. Yes. At this yeah. point. Elaine is noting she had mixed feelings about the wedding invitation call. After Julia turned him down, she should have known it would have been painful for him to attend. She just doesn't get it. Wake up, girl. <laughs> and Shell saying Paul was the student. He was the same with everyone. Oh, uh, B meaning Gabriel. I see what you're saying, Shell. Uh, Gabriel was... Well... Gabriel always thought Paul would be better for Julia, hence the angel fucker name he had given. More of Gabriel's own self-hate and his unworthiness of mm. Julia. Yeah. We actually had um, asked SR in terms of why they decided to put the, the scene in at this point in the book. Um, why did you decide to place the Vermont flashback at this point in the book? And he said, in this section, I wanted to give a window into Paul's life at home. I think it explains his character somewhat and gives us an idea of what happened after he lost Julianne. So that's why they put it in where they did. Where they did, yeah. And that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. That, you know, you'd want to have some context to his background. And, you know, he was, um, he's such a kind and loving human being. And, he, and the way his parents brought him up to be that way, I can see where he wanted to go back and, and you know, do everything they could. Like most kids mm. in, in certain instances. Yeah. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, having gone through... Um, my husband's heart attack. It's always nice to have the support from people around you uh, when you when you need it. So very true. Uh, Betty so, noted um, if it weren't for Paul's testimony at the hearing, Krista's false testimony would have been taken more seriously. Paul could have lied to make Gabriel look like a villain. Paul's the victim here. He was used. Um, Shell notes in her mind, Paul was her friend and said no matter what, he would be there for her, hence the invitation. Um, so I think two very interesting insights. Anna notes, she totally agrees so, with you, Pam. She's, Julia is very immature, even though she has had to fend for herself for so long. And Betty feels Paul's pain and sympathizes with him. Um, and Shell said, you know, well, think, did he I, I, lose her, though? He, she was his. And you're right. He, Julia was never Paul's to lose. Right. And, you know, I, you know, one of the things about uh, Anna's comment, the, you know, you can be very immature emotionally and still have gone through a lot of things in your life. I have a my, I have a cousin who was like that. She, she opened up her school books and, and non-books and she just sat there with, they were like blinders for her to what was going on around her. She still, you know, achieved her, what she wanted to do, her profession and what have you. 
but emotionally, like the first man that came along and said, will you marry me? She was like, yes, yes. And it turned out to be the worst decision of her mm. life, even though she had four kids with the guy. But it was like, again, you know, it's the, the world view is only like the books became the blinders for her to the world. Right. So. Right. Well, and there's even more discussion here. <laughs> Betty said, perhaps she wasn't Paul's, but he can't control his heart. He fell in love. I can't ask him or anyone to stop feeling love for someone else. And Ellie's saying, look, no relationship is perfect. No person is without fault. They are all working with the tools of socialization and experience and personality that they have. They had both good and bad examples in trying to find their own way. There was communications and secrets and lies that each of the three really didn't have a right to know everything about each other. Paul had some arrogance too and used that to poke at Gabriel. Julia didn't communicate to either of them and was naive to think the boys could just get over it and get along. Anne is noting Julia needed true trauma-focused therapy, not the crap that she had with both the therapists she saw. And the one Gabriel saw should have been brought on ethics charges. Flora note, noted that she agreed with Betty. He told her he's wanted her since the first time he saw her in class. His feelings have always been there, but he wasn't going to make moves unless she gave him the green light. Elena also agreed with Betty, but Paul needs to know it's time to move on. There is a wedding happening. Very true. Very true. Gabriel seems to be the one owning up to his actions. The only one owning up to his actions. And Flora agreed it's definitely time for Paul to move on. Right. Yeah, but he still has to grieve well, what was it? he still has the feelings. And he can have the feelings, but he needs to respect her and him. and the, the Absolutely. Marriage. Absolutely. Know, that's, that's the key. Everyone blames Gabriel so, for everything. Um, <laughs> Shell notes. He takes it on there, too. He does. He adds to it. But So Paul's walking back to the house. It's like 8 o'clock in the morning. It's cold, and he's got a, a collie named Max. I know. I forgot about Max. And yes. I mean, God forbid we forget our puppies. I mean, mine is right behind me asleep in his bed. So... Mm -hmm. um, so, but any, so he's, he's, the snow's, you know, it's snowed and it's falling lightly and he's, he's noticing a car coming up the drive and, uh, it was a lime green Volkswagen, by the way, best car ever. <laughs> I drove my bug for many, many years. Um, he also recognized the driver as she got out of the car and he recognized the Ugg as the first came out the door. Brace yourself, Betty. Here she comes. Yes. <laughs> Here she is. Allison had dark curly hair and freckles and blue eyes. She was a kindergarten teacher from Burlington. Mm -hmm. And uh, but she was also Paul's ex-girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Poor Betty. I Allison know. Betty said Allison blindsided me. And she also said the fact that Paul is respecting her day and letting her get married without him interfering is a sign of love and respect. That's because Paul is your favorite, Betty. That's right. I don't think it's him respecting so, the marriage. I think it's him not being able to face the marriage. 
Because he's yeah, in too much pain. I think that's more I, like it. I think for that, I'm, I'm sorry for him. Yeah. So as, as, as Allison is getting out of the car, he, uh, you know, she's got a bag of, of uh, Dunkey's coffee um, and, a, and, a and with a bag of mystical delights of fried dough and powdered sugar. <laughs> As only Dunkin' Donuts. I love can the do. fact that he um, called the mystical delights of fried dough and powdered sugar. It's a donut. <laughs> I know. <laughs> a donut is a donut. A donut in Canada is up way up there on the rank of what the good what good things are. <laughs> of course, that's here too, but that's another story. Um, so he suggested that they go and, and get outside, and get out of the car, out of the cold, and. So Allison and Max went into the house and was followed by Paul. And as he gets into the mudroom, he takes his boots off and you know, washes his hands. And he hears voices from the kitchen, and it was his mother, Louise. And uh, it sounded like his mother was not surprised to see him. Mm -hmm. Right there, right there. And right um, there. And mom's, mom's always. Uh, Floor noted. In all honesty, Paul knew where he stood the minute Julia told him about getting engaged. Not going to the wedding was proof of letting go. He had no chance at that point. And Betty said he could have showed up and told the priest he doesn't think Julia should get married. Um, and here she's saying that Mama Norris is now trying to play matchmaker. Emily <laughs> says, Betty, Betty, Betty. Uh, no, he's hurting and grieving and staying away for himself as he has a right to do. But it didn't feel to me he was respecting Julia and Gabriel. And yeah, Paul fell for Julia, but Julia and Gabriel fell for each other. And <laughs> Shell's noting matchmaking parents. And Anna's saying Paul needs to move on, but that is a hard task. And I don't know if Paul would see a therapist to help to go back to Allison would be a disservice to both of them. He's still fantasizing that he is who Julianne deserves and Gabriel is the demon. And you know, that that's something I had, I had uh, further down in the notes uh, as, as uh, you get to it, uh, mm -hmm. Leslie. That was a question I had. Do you think uh, that they would get Paul and Allison would be uh, get getting together? How would that how would that dynamic work? I mean, you know, he he's mourning a lost love, and she's not. She she probably feels that she's she did the wrong thing by breaking up with him him when he, they did. So, do you think that would be a, a difficult relationship to maintain? Yeah. It's it's like you know, marrying for the sake of getting married or getting together for the sake of being together. With somebody and uh, sort of a uh, a rebound. Yeah, as Betty notes, Allison's not in the right set of mind either. And Shell says, no. and very truly, again, you can't help who you love, but take responsibility for your actions and words. Actions and she notes Allison as well. So, um, as so as he, as they're getting ready, he goes into the kitchen. Uh, he's, she hands him a cup of coffee, and she's asking how his dad is because Louise took coffee over up to her husband, and he and he he said, you know, my dad really wants to be at work. 
but the doctor's saying he's got to relax, so mom's like, you know, putting the kibosh on him. And Allison also mentioned that they had sent flowers to the hospital, which Paul acknowledged and seen and thanked us for. And uh, uh, he, he said that um, he also told her that he, he had that Alice also told him that she'd heard about the wedding. Mm-hmm. Now you know, Mama Norris is gossiping. Oh yeah. And um, and that's what kind of surprised him. And she said, "Well, I, you know, I ran into your mom at Hannaford's. <laughs> and Hannaford's, for those not in the New England area, is a very large grocery chain." Uh, I know my cousin Bobby worked for them for like 46 years. And I'm going to put the link to Hannaford's in the uh, in the chat so you can get a little taste of New England. He graduated with a food marketing degree from St. Joseph's University, where Julie went. Um, and uh, at a job fair at the school, Hannaford's was there and they, they hired him on the spot and uh, he was there up until a few years ago when he decided at 57 that he was retiring because he had worked through the system so much that he was getting these stock options and all that kind of stuff. So he did really well with them. Anyway, so she told him uh, for what it was worth, Julia was a fool and that she was sorry. Yeah, that, that to me gives a hint that Allison really, I don't think that was fair for Allison to say about that. But that's just my thing. Well, you know, there's a lot of comments right here. You know, Shell's noting Allison's reminiscing. Ellie's saying at this point, if Paul did go back to Allison, it would be the same as what Julia did with him. It would not be fair. Mm-hmm. Shell's noting she's not happy with her life. Betty's saying Paul's not a rebound. Laura's saying she agrees with Shell. We have to take responsibility. And yes, Allison's still in love with Paul. And he's still in love with Julia. It's not great timing at all. I'm not sure, though, Flora. I don't know if Allison's still in love with Paul. I think she's regretting leaving him. So she still has feelings. but maybe And maybe it is love. I'm not sure. Betty notes, I appreciate Allison keeping an eye on Papa and Mama. Norris, he needs friends right now, which is true. Mm-hmm. Ellie's saying he needs some space so he doesn't fall for the rebound, be it Allison or Elizabeth. I don't think he's ready for either of them. He needs to get right with himself again to be able to give a relationship with someone else a try. I think that's right on the money, Ellie. And Elena says, I think Paul and Allison would be doomed to fail if they got together. But the faithful Paul would, would stick be a very it out as he would feel obligated if they married, and that would lead to two unhappy people. And mm-hmm. Betty kind of echoes some of the comments that have been made before. I think Paul and Allison both need time to heal apart, not as boyfriend and girlfriend. And Anna notes Allison would need to accept she is a consolation prize, and that's not fair. Paul will forever have Julianne yeah. on a pedestal that she does no wrong very delusional thinking in Paul, coupled with him wallowing in his angst. Allison maintained a relationship with the Norris family when Paul left. So, and Betty says, I still feel like Allison is trying to rush things. So, yeah, and I, 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 you know, I think so mm-hmm. too, and to a point. Well, so, you don't know what you so, got till it's done, right? I mean, right. And Allison was the one to break it, if I recall. 
It wasn't Paul. That she she was. didn't want to do a long-distance relationship, so she's kind of uh, dealing with the consequences of that choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all make our choices. We all uh, have to make our beds and uh, take care mm-hmm. of things. So, you know, but she's holding his hand, and, you know, Paul said that Julia wasn't the uh, fool and thanked her, and Allison's holding his hand, and Paul's not pulling her away, and it kind of felt nice that she was holding it, because, you know, he felt like he needed comfort, and uh, Allison knew it was a bad time, and she wanted to let him know, let her know, let him know that she was there. So he's folk, and then focusing on his coffee. So... We asked SR, um, had Allison been contemplating reaching out to Paul before she heard about the wedding? And did Allison intend to be just friends, or did she want more? And his response was, Allison is mentioned in the other books, but this section has a chance to hear from her and see that she probably regrets ending things with her. <laughs> oh, Betty. <laughs> Betty says, why don't you just stab me in the heart? Why don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Betty. Anne is noting Allison's trying to pick up where they left off, uh, dismissing the time apart. And um, Shell notes the same. Allison's trying to backtrack. And Elena says, maybe Allison feels that being a consolation prize is better than not having Paul at all. It's not a very smart solution, but that may be where her head is at. You know, that's quite possible, Elena. That makes a lot of sense. I think she does regret regret breaking up with him, and uh, we don't know Allison's full backstory after that, before that, but, you know, that's Mm -hmm. probably a good thing. Betty's saying Allison's probably what Paulina was like with Gabriel. Maybe the pining for him. I have never. I. I. But was. More, I don't think it was uh, more. And I don't think it was in, in the physical realm like Paulina was with Gabriel. Yeah. Well, I think it's a comfort thing too. It's. It's right. It's. Yeah. It's, I mean, he's saying it's comfortable. It's having. Well, even for her though, you know, going back to what's familiar, going back to what they've known, how they grew up. So, you know, Allison kind of puts it out there and asks if he'd like to go to the movies sometime. And mm-hmm. at that, he, you know, he really wasn't sure and he kind of let go of her hand and just was honest. And he said, I don't know. Neither of them wanted anything weird between them. And of course, it was too early to go to a movie during the day, but Allison didn't want to pressure him into going, but reminded him that they would always be friends. There's that friends word again, right? The F word. Um, in the chat, they're saying, Shell notes, if I thought that Paul would enjoy his happiness alone, I may feel differently. But I felt that he was condescending from the beginning. Um, Elena says, oh, Betty, I somehow don't think Allison and Paulina's talents are on the same level. <laughs> Betty says, I mean in terms of hanging around to see if there's a chance the guy she wants ever looks at her differently. And Anne is saying, we all fall into what is comfortable. And I think Anne had deleted a comment she made. (laughs) (laughs) 
And that's what Shell's laughing at. <laughs> I yeah, I had a feeling. It's probably something yeah. I couldn't have said out loud here anyway, right? Um, well, and and so Anna saying friends is a fallacy in both of these cases. Mm-hmm. But I think that's true. Yeah. They're, that's what they're I hoping for. Them. You know, again, it goes back to that comfort. Mm-hmm. Paul was saying things. And I mean, he, he's, he's willing to go for the comfort. Yeah. Yeah, but at, at least in this, at this part, he's being up front and saying, I really don't know. He was saying things mm-hmm. were just difficult at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the question, Pam, that you had raised before, do you think if they would get back together, that Paul and Allison would be settling? I, I, I do. I do. Think I do. That. I think it goes back to, honestly, Ellie's comment. I think it was Ellie who said they need to get themselves right before they talk about having a relationship again. You know, they need mm-hmm. to get real and they need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Betty says, let the man grieve in peace, woman. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Elizabeth will come and, and will help comfort yes. him. Well, no touching hands either, she said. Mm-hmm. That just complicates things, I think. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, I, I think at this point it would be settling. We're just being fault would be falling back. Allison says it would be in earnest though. She says she's not trying to rope him into anything. Um, but as she's saying it, she was pretty anxious. She started tearing up uh, the pieces of the cup. And Paul shot mm-hmm. his hand out and held hers, just telling her to relax. Allison felt acceptance and kindness in his eyes, and she exhaled in relief. When I'm thinking, Paul knows, right, this, this nervous habit of ripping the cup demonstrates mm-hmm. her anxiety about this. Um, Ellie just said, Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it isn't the right time for sure so need to go slow and give it time start over find that settling would not be lasting as elena noted earlier you would just have two very unhappy mm-hmm. people if they're both settling absolutely and they'd both put on an air of happiness around each other but it would not be after a while that gets uh mm-hmm. emotionally hard to continue on too especially if it's not yeah not truly there so so you know he uh, let go and grabbed his cup saying look they had a good history but he did not want to jump into something with her Allison reminded him that she was not that easy <laughs> insert the Paulina reference here right there's a contrast right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Paul replied that he never thought she was. What he meant was that it would be tempting to go back to what they had because it was comfortable. And she deserved to be with someone who's serious and yes. half into it. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I have to say it's interesting Paul has such self-realization and is so aware of that situation when it's from his point of view. But he is not seeing it from Julia's point of view. 
and Julia feels the same way about him. Yeah. I think it's Definitely, easier to see because his feelings are as opposed to yourself yes. when you're dealing with his it. feelings are clouding it. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. floor, floor notes. Paul and Allison need to be friends again, see where it leads, if it leads to anything at all. And Anna's saying Paul and Allison need to be open with each other and honestly right. tell each other their feelings about each other and Paul's obsession with Julia. And I think here, Anna, to his credit, I think he does, you know, he is saying, look, it's not fair to you. I'm pining for somebody else. You know, he said it, he wouldn't, it would not be right. And I, right. he gets big props for that from me. Shell said, I'm annoyed that Allison thinks that men are interchangeable and that she can leave and come back and expect Paul just to jump in the sack. Um, I think it was maybe more hopeful thinking, wishful thinking on her part, but you're right. I mean, it, it's a pretty bold thing for her to be like, hey, let's just pick up where we left off. You know, I, I, I stepped away, but now that you're here, I'm all in. Hmm. Elena says those words, that's the word comfortable, not exciting, not exciting, etc., etc., etc. And Betty says, I think he's keeping Julia's words in mind when he said this. He doesn't want to make anyone else go through the pain he is going through. Okay, so Betty kind of viewed what I said in a very different light. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I think, like I said, I give him props for being upfront with her. And saying she deserves someone who's fully committed to her and not half into it. So Paul right. then was silent and he realized that Allison was waiting for something. He was kind of like, what? <laughs> and she said, nothing. Um, so are we on for a movie or not? He was smiling, and it was a gentle smile, and then said, only if you let me take you to Maribel's. She said, great. And she said, when? And, and he's like, grab your coat. And he followed yeah, her out the done. back door. She nearly fell trying to get her Uggs on, muttering under her breath, half of you is better than the whole of anyone. She said That's it quietly so she could hear. So she's willing to settle. Yeah. She's willing to settle. And I think perhaps it's because um, she was so committed to I don't, yeah. she's, she's the idea. She's willing to settle for any relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And he brings, uh, he, yeah. Julia's words come to his mind to tell her that, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, if he did learn anything from Julia, it was that you got to, you know, it has to go both ways to be happy. Right. I mean, it's really, she's setting her up for herself up for a lot of grief if she's. Mm -hmm saying that's okay um betty says i think he's keeping or uh, betty's saying no rom-coms and no horror films maybe a documentary helena says oh betty you're such a pedestal that paul lives on for you <laughs> and anna says paul's obsessed with 
with what he believes Julianne is. And, you know, and, you know, she's so high on a pedestal for him that, you know, she's like a goddess. <laughs> and Betty says all of Paul is better than half of Paul. <laughs> yes, Betty, I agree. Um, Shell says hindsight's twenty twenty for Allison. And she said, what gets me is that Paul seems annoyed that Allison's trying to insinuate herself into his life when he didn't give Julia that space. And Elena says, Allison needs some serious therapy. Are you available, Anna? <laughs> <laughs> they both need serious therapy. I think all four of these main characters need some serious yeah. therapy. Or at least time for them to process and work through things. You know, absolutely. And sometimes therapy helps mm -hmm. on that end. As I'm Betty's so. saying, Paul, Julia did give Paul that Paul gave Julia her space. He didn't show up to her apartment every day. <laughs> do we know that for sure? <laughs> yeah, do we? I don't know. I think you're right, though. He I'm sure checked he did, on her. But he did check up on her quite a bit. Um, and Allison seems like a nice girl, Betty says, but I think she's confused and lost. Well, that's true. And I, I don't know how big of a town Essex Junction is, but there may not be um, a lot of male companionship that's within her... I want to say realm, but that's not the right word. Her in, area in of her interest. Intellectual, yeah, and, and interests. Mm -hmm. There could be. I don't know. I don't know Essex Junction. But that's well, you can dig check. into Essex Junction by following the link that I placed in the chat. <laughs> we'll definitely look at that. Um, but, you know, it's like any area. Like, you come to... Sometimes, you know, your ideas and hopes, dreams, and th and things that you like to do are not the same as the area that you mm -hmm. live in. So. <laughs> well, I'm laughing because Anna says she volunteers yeah. <laughs> couples, therapy. couples therapy. And she said Allison believed Paul would come back and all would resume. Not taking into account that Paul met someone, she doesn't think Allison did anything but wait during this time. And Betty's saying, and Allison seems like a nice girl, but I, I mentioned that she feels that Allison's confused and lost. And I think the possibility of what Anna said about, you know, she waited rather than yeah. explore. Yeah. The outside yeah. world. We don't know that for sure, though, either, because we, we don't know that part of her no. story, what happened when Paul went away to Toronto. We don't know if she tried to date somebody else. Um, we, no, we don't. We're just not sure. Or if, if he was kind of one in the back of her mind and she was waiting for him. Um, Shell said with his words, he did not give her space. But he said if Paul had showed up at Julian's apartment every day, he would have noticed Gabriel visiting her at the apartment. Which is That's yeah. true. I I was thinking that of a different I was thinking of the time after Gabriel left. It's, yeah, the time after Gabriel left that definitely would have been uh, he would have seen her and down a lot lower than when he did see her. Anna's saying, I wonder why Allison refused to try a long-distance relationship. It just seems like 
she did wait. And Shell said she thought Alice had been. a boyfriend in between. I don't know, but it also could be that she thought the reason why they didn't, she didn't want to try that is because she figured Paul would find somebody in Toronto. And, uh, that, you know, having to deal with that was not what she wanted to do, I guess. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. well, it's or it's the comfort. It's the, it's the I knew you back when type of thing, right? Allison and Paul never stopped talking, so that should have been a sign that she hadn't moved on, Betty said. But you can also just check in with someone from where you, you know, where you live from your past and just kind of see, you know, how's your family, that kind of thing without being too deep. But obviously she does have feelings for him if she's trying to take him out to the movies or unless she's trying to do it as a friend. You know, fortunately for me, I have enough enough of uh, gossipy acquaintances from growing up that I've heard about all the people that I that I didn't want to hear uh-huh. about. <laughs> Brenda's saying yes. Allison was with someone else in between, if I remember correctly, and she compared him to Paul, and she realized Paul was the one, or something like that. Uh, yeah, I thought. That's a good point. I thought that was possibly the case. So, well, and, you know, that's, I think, also, you know, as Julia's on the pedestal for Paul, I think Paul is on Allison's Mm -hmm. pedestal. Right. Half of him's better than Most definitely. Mm -hmm. Floor says, I agree with Pam. What if Allison thought he would find someone while away? She wouldn't want to hold him back. So. Well, then it would have. Yeah, I think that if it had, that that were the case, the other thing is that I think Paul would have been man enough to say to break mm-hmm. it off if that particular person meant more to him than Alison yeah. did. I mean, one of the things that I always get upset with with with, pe- with young people right. today. I'm putting on my old lady hat. <laughs> young um, people today is <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, is that dating wasn't meant to be a steady date from the time you're 14 till right. your death. You know? There were supposed to be other people that come in and into your life so you can figure out who, what, where, when, right. and why. And move, and move that way. I, I, you know, that's just me, I think. But I, I, get, I get really upset with the idea that, you know, like, Right, right now, my brother-in-law's like he's got a niece who graduated from college last week. Are you engaged yet? When are you getting married? Did he did he give you a ring yet? He didn't give you a ring at Christmas. Why didn't right. he give you a ring? Right. And that bothers me. They, people need to go out and explore themselves, just even to become known of who mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. Anna so. just said, "Bingo, Pam." <laughs> um, you know, Flora says. Or um, Betty said, Allison does break up with Paul and date someone else. She tells him all about it in a future chapter. So thank you for confirming that, Betty. Mm-hmm. And good good memory, Brenda. Elena says, you're correct, Brenda. She said the other guy never looked at her when they were intimate the way Paul did. That's right. 
Mm-hmm. And Elena says, Pam, this is definitely a chapter you should cover in book two. <laughs> <laughs> so true, so true. Well, you know, you, you, you learn. You, you've got to explore your own, your own life before you, and, and make, you, make yourself whole before you can complete an, a couple, if you know what I mean. Yeah, being aware and knowing yourself Yeah, who better. you are and what you like. It makes yeah. a huge difference. It does. It does. That's why I waited until I was 27. That's why I didn't marry the guy that I met at 15. Yeah. When I was 17. <laughs> yeah. Broke up with him before that. But, um, yeah. Definitely. That, that's just me. I just felt, I don't like, I don't like rushing people into things. Whether it be marriage or, or babies or anything. Yeah, well, sometimes that, <laughs> sometimes that just comes along, as we all know. Um and Ellie, you're right. I mean, you know, you married your high school sweetheart. So did my sister. My sister was married 41 years. They've been together since she was 15. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ellie says that someone married her high school sweetheart, and they're still happily together and in love entering our 50s. I have to disagree, Pam. Sometimes it works. And Floor is oh, saying I, how awesome I, it is. And it is awesome, and it does work, but I think it all it depends is. on the person. I also feel Ellie, you probably were pretty had a pretty good sense of yourself for a long time. You may have been more self-aware than some people are in their teens and twenties, but there's also that opportunity to grow together when you meet someone that young. Well, and, and I, you know, I, I can honestly say that my sister and her her husband. When Patty graduated from nursing school, I think about six months to a year after she graduated from nursing school, they kind of broke up a little bit. Um, Patty met someone she thought she liked, and it, it, that it wasn't that wasn't right for her, and didn't date anybody after that. Jim had met somebody that he, he liked, and that didn't last very long either. Um, and within a year after they sort of split up for a while, he, he asked her to marry. They, you know, at that point, she knew. Yes. They knew. So that, and that's fine. Right. They were together nine years before they even got well, married. Well, and Ellie so. noted they didn't jump in. They were together 11 years before they married. Um, and Elena says it does work sometimes, she said, but in her case, she married her high school sweetheart at 20 and divorced him at 27 because they totally were apart over time. And she's very happy for you, though, Ellie. It does work sometimes. Yeah. And it does. I, I, there's no qualms about that. I just, what bothers me is when, you know, you try to force it. Right. I think that's what I'm trying to say more, more so than yeah. anything. But, you know, you do need time to get to know who you are. And, and if you are a couple at, at 15 going on how many years, you're still you're growing together. Right. And you're, you're you know, which is a right. good thing. Right, and so. communication is anyway. a big piece of that, too. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Betty says, Allison, whenever anyone asks if she dated anyone else besides Paul, she just said, we were on a break. <laughs> Betty's saying, mm-hmm. never force your personal agenda onto others. Let's figure out their lives on their own. Let them figure out. True. And that's true, too. Once again, ladies, excellent chapter discussion. 
Uh, this is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Shell. She said, excellent podcast. Great discussion. Thank you all for the conversation. I feel the same way. The same way. Mm-hmm. I do, too. So, we have next week to look forward to. Anyway, that we do. Chapter 14. Uh, we're going to hopefully start getting into the uh, lectures. going to be good. Mm-hmm. Back to Oxford. Back to dig in. Back to Oxford. And um, with Catherine... At, at, with Catherine and, and then the bird and the baby and, and wherever else exactly so what uh-huh. song um, what song shall we are we going listen to uh, we are going to listen to yet another Elvis Costello I didn't realize that so much Elvis Costello in my <laughs> I still have that other girl so <laughs> That's perfect. Enjoy everyone. <laughs> enjoy everyone and have a great day. Yes, enjoy. Have a good holiday weekend for you all in the States. And we'll see you next week. <coughs> and yes, I'll see you next week, Ashley.